the club itself, Luton, I don't think that that club has been recognised for opening the door and keeping it open so players of colour can come through. And I know that, Mark, you've talked to me in the past about, in your time there, the special dressing room, which I think is something, as all of us who play football know, the dressing room is a special place. Mm. But to have a special place, and we know what you mean by that. Yeah. All right. Talk to us about that club. Look, I, I was fortunate. I had a very good manager, David Blake, and he was a great manager, probably the best, you know, him and uh, Bobby Robson that I've worked with. But clearly, everything made sense. He was ahead of the curve. And what, and what he had, he had a great scouting network, Pleaty. He had these unbelievable relationships. And, and with David, he's just as happy going and watch Barnet and Stevenage as he's going to watch Tottenham and Arsenal and Man United. You know yeah. when somebody has just got this unequivocal passion? But I think David Pleat, he was a fabulous coach, though. He was a great coach, knew how to impact players. David Pleat was an exceptional, exceptionally talented man. And I remember when he left Luton, which was a, one of the saddest days of my life, and he went to Tottenham. And I, and I think, you know, he should have really, during his tenure, you know, got England manager, but sometimes you don't always get what you deserve in life. Yeah, you but, but his impact and, his, and now his energy and his enthusiasm, his passion for football is, is second to none. He's an outstanding human being and a great footballing man. And what about some of the players you played with? Oh, I, I played with great players and, and we've played against a lot of top teams, I've got to say. And thoroughly enjoyed it when we beat them because I hate losing. There would, there would, I don't think in our team, when we were at the top of our game, there wasn't one who didn't give 100%. Yeah, it's great. And that helps. Mark, you, uh, again, look at the impact on you. Well, obviously for me, that was the best education I've ever had. You know, I think that was obviously one most within the main reason why I had a career. Um, yeah, fantastic players there. Um, and I think Brian underestimates the, the impact that he had in the change room and just with the other players and younger players. Um, because I think the, the, the fact that the experience players we had um, when I first went there, you know, the, they were great pros. You know, like they, they were willing to help anyone. As long as, as long as you, you had the right attributes and you would do the right things in a sense. So like, you know, like work hard, you know, all 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 these like things, being disciplined and stuff like that, you know. When when it when it sort of like got a bit older and you know, because we, we were all fighting to try and get, you know, like in, into the team really, you know, like as young players. Um and obviously like Brian was you know, like one of the forebearers who 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 would take the fight to, you know, like to like, you know, to help the young players. You know, like and he said that people would like up to um to people wrong about, you know, saying about he's, you know, like he's he's helped them. And you know, for me, you know, like Brian's a hammer me. Literally. You know, and but the thing was, you know, like he he'd he'd hammer over other people. Because people thought, you know, like people thought he was harsh on me. You know, like it to a to a certain extent. But he knew like what was needed in order to reach like the levels, you know. And I'd like to feel that we broke down those stereotypes. You know, I think that was important because 
we were very impactful players. And if you think about the characteristics we have, Ricky was a ball-playing footballer. Great feet, great vision, great touch, great physique, real sublime talent. You know, Brian was very creative. But what, what was important, they were intelligent footballers as well. When you think about your Steens and your Ricky Hills, wonderfully gifted, articulate, creative players. And they, they broke down the, the stereotypes because what they could do, they weren't just players that could do it at home on a Saturday afternoon. They could play, on, on, play away at Newcastle, at Burnley, you know, at Birmingham City, all those places in the north of England where we've got absolutely some of the abuse we've got. Newcastle back in the day then was absolutely reprehensible and repugnant. Mark Steen, what a talent Mark Steen was. My goodness me. I've never seen a player in many respects. He was far more ruthless and clinical than Brian inside the box. You know, Brian was, an, a, Brian was a number eight, a great link-up player. But Mark was a predator inside the box and he had tremendous movement. For me, it was always about learning, learning. And when you, when, when you play in, the, in, in, if you played in that team, you're learning loads. Yeah. Great. You're, yeah. You, you, yeah. you're learning great. loads. Great. Like, you know, and so, and so, like, you know, for me, you know, the, the fact that as it went on, it, it, it started not being, you know, like how it, how it was, in a sense. You know, mm -hmm. like, you know, David Pleat left, you know, um, which was a big thing, like when Luton, like sort of, you know, from, from Luton, he went to Tottenham. Um, the atmosphere weren't, weren't the same, you know, and, and I think that that's when sort of, I think Brian came into his own, you know, like, you know, helping, helping the young players, you know, like who, 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 were, who were getting in the team, you know, like, but obviously more experienced, other experienced players we're trying to like hold them back to a certain extent, like you know, and and so like for me, I love Luton, you know, like I I I, I love my time there, you know, and for me it was when when, when I was at Luton, it was the best best time I had. In terms of performance, <clears throat> I played over five hundred games for Barnet, loved the club, people there, motivated me, motivated me, respected me, gave me different opportunities. Okay, and of course. Hey, it'll be known. You were, you know, you were one of the first people of colour to step into football manager. Yeah, not one of them. I was the first. Barry left. Stan made me, made me, made me. The, 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 he said you're he's managing now. Um, he got it out into the papers. Keith rang me the next week. He said you lucky bastard and all that business. I said Keith, luck's got nothing to do with it. And two weeks later, he became the uh, uh, manager at Lincoln. How did you find the step into management, and particularly? Being a person of colour, how did you find... Obviously, you would gain people's respect yeah. as a player. Yeah. Um, how did you find now you're having to deal with the respect of the players and the expectation of a board? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, 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 I took it as a challenge. Um, it was not my ambition to be a manager. But because I was the first team coach and the assistant manager, it seemed a natural process. And I knew that when Barry went, he wanted me to go with him. But I refused to go with him because at that stage, Brian was also at Barnet at that time, is that um, we were fighting to, to, to go into the third division. So um, 
I made I, I, I made a, a pledge with the with the boys that I wasn't going to be going. Stan Stan said to me that, uh, <clears throat> "Well, you're in charge from now on." And uh, and I said, "Thanks, thanks for having the faith in me." And uh, I had a meeting with some of the players, uh, a couple of senior play, players. Um, I told them, and uh, and from then it was. I didn't I, I didn't find it difficult. I didn't find it difficult because you know for management you need communication skills, you know, and you also need to know how to handle players. Mm-hmm. And and I, I I've always been good at handling at handling handling people. We finished a second in the table, but we still won up. We got promotion, and then at the end of the year, the, the gentleman that's 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 the owner there now. Uh, he came in on a Friday. Friday mid morning, he asked me to sit down and told me what had happened. Stan had told me it sold the club, and um, Stan Flashman. Stan Flashman. Yeah. And um, so the guy started. He said, um, <clears throat> "You know, uh, Mr. Stein, uh, you've done really, really well. We've got a, uh, I've got a board. We want to, you know, come into this club, and you know, just deal." Differently, and I think we can be, be successful. And I said, "All right." I said, "Look, don't worry about that." I had a bit of, you know, I said, "Don't worry about that." If you can pay me up, that'll do me. Because I knew I had another job if I wanted it at South End. So well, I went to South End after that as the assistant manager there for Barry. That was in that was in June. Later in June. I went to do the pre-season training with, 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 with the team over there. They, they were nearly relegated with the year before. We started that, that season with some brilliant players, fantastic players, and we did really, really well. But whilst we were going on winning, Birmingham started, called, called Barry and asked if he would become their manager. So, uh, so he called me to the office and he asked me what he should do. So I said, well, as far as I'm concerned, you know, it's a job that they've asked you, you about, but, you know, if you, if you were interested in it. I said, um, and as far as I'm concerned, if I was offered that job, I'd take it. Bigger club than this. Second biggest city in, in, in the country. And I said, you know, it's, it's up to you. So I left it up to him. And uh, then we left there. And um, can you assist the manager? The rest is history. The rest is history. One of the first sort of persons of colour to make the transition from here, English League, into the French Leagues. How was that? It was different. <laughs> <laughs> Not just the language, even the football. Yeah. Uh, a little bit slower. Yeah. Because England was quick, 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 quick. But, you know, I enjoyed it. Uh, I engrossed it. I was learning another game. And that happened how many years on into your career? Four years. Uh, and I, I enjoyed it, to be honest. Did you encourage young players to go abroad? Of course. It's fantastic, like, you know. Well, you were one of the first to, to do that, you know, for yeah. particularly a person of colour, you know, again. Uh, not not many took, would take that, you know, you move around or you go down the leagues or you whatever, but wow, hold on, wait. Gone to and who recommended to them? That's a good question. How did that come about? Really, uh, and 
Antich, oh, oh, yeah, yeah. his agent, put my name, he goes, Brian, who do I, where do you want to play? I said, France. He goes, why France? You know, it, Spain's good, Germany, Portugal. I said, no, I just want to play these centre-halves. Barley. Barley. Because I played for England against France ah. in, in Paris. Ah, and I was quite impressed. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, there's a link. Okay. And so I just thought... I'll have a bit of that later in my career. Oh, oh yeah, I, I had to. Because it's the only cap I've got for yeah. England. Now, Mark, score goals, where have you been, mate? Um, obviously, knocking in bundles at Stoke. Then Chelsea come knocking. You get there. You're, you're bought by Hoddle, correct? Yeah. I mean, icon of the game. You get there. Rude Hullitz, legend. You're in this in this space. Can you believe it? Um, well, I mean, that was my aim to want to get back into the Premier League. Um, and obviously, the, the fact that sort of Glenn Hoddle, you know, was a fantastic player, you know, and um, if 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 he wants you in, obviously, it's, yes. it's one of those situations that I don't think you can turn down. Um, and I think that the fact that. Um, he was still playing, you know, like um, yeah, yeah, yeah. as as you know, in a, in 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 the luck of three at the back, and obviously he, he just wanted to play football. But the fact that he wanted me, I mean, who would who wouldn't want to go, you know, like to to Chelsea in in, in that sense? And um, I was I was I was really happy, really, the fact that they they wanted me. Fantastic, and uh, again, you exp- you've talked about. Um, Luton being obviously the time that you, you enjoy the most because of the, the, the camaraderie. In terms of type of football you play, would you would you say that that was at Luton as well? Or where would you say that you, you thought actually this is it? This is this is this is how the game should be played. Yeah, and and I think Luton was definitely, but I, I think my time at Stoke, I didn't realise the amount of good players they had. You know, because I it's 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 quite funny that sort of, you know, like going, go, going to different clubs, you know, that, that I have been, you know, like you, you get to see, you know, like sort of, I would match them up to like whether they could have played at Luton or not. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah good point. Um, yeah. And, you know, I, I remember the first time when I went to Stoke, you know, like the first game I played, yeah, it just seemed to gel, like with all the players. I, I don't know what it was. But it was just like, you know, like you felt you felt comfortable with the, with, like with the players and you know, like the ability they had, mm-hmm. you know, like, and I don't think they had, they got enough credit for like the ability that obviously like Lou Macari sort of assembled, mm-hmm. yeah. But you had a very long look at Mark Steen, and in fact, that's a trait that you've got, isn't it? You you do use the loan system intensively. Well, again, that was very beneficial to me because, uh, you know, I got him in and uh, he was in our environment for a month or so um, before he came. You obviously ask about about the players and you get different uh, responses from different people in the game who have actually dealt with Mark Steen. And uh, there's nothing better than judging a character for yourself. And uh, during that month, I judged that uh, he would be a fair player for us uh, if we got him. Character-wise, uh, spot on. You know, you, you dream of having a Mark Steen in your club. And I think that's why we were like successful because 
sort of Lou was quite strict in the sense of like everything was fitness. That was it. We we never done no tactics, nothing. You know, but the fact that we always knew that whoever we played would still be going. Yeah, you know. Um, but I think where where he didn't get credit, he was clever because like he had players in the right areas who could do a bit. Like I said, Luton definitely. I know like me and Brian sometimes like we still talk and even the ex-Luton players, you know, like, sort of the standards that we had, you know, like the board you whizzing, whizzing around like like mad. Like I said, the standards at the time, you know, like for me, they're incredible. Eight, eight <coughs> players played for losing in, in one game. In the game, yeah. 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 And Nottingham Forest, well, not County, had about six black players playing at that time. I remember one game, I think it was Southampton away. There must have been eight black players in the team. Yeah. I remember it was Ricky Hill, myself, Mitchell Thomas, Brian, Mark Steen, Ray Daniels, Emeka Nijobi, uh, and somebody else. And it was, but please, it's a, he, he didn't care. He picked your merit. Racism that's been happening over the last couple of years, I and mean, we've all seen it, mm. and the equalities that, you know, black players have yes. What's your thoughts individually on what's been happening? Like, given where you've come from, what would be your views on? I'd like more players, black players, to have a bit more balls. Because, you know, like, because I think that's the only way we're going to get any change whatsoever. I think we, we talk about it all the time, you know, like fo- football circles or society. We even call society. It's, it's just like they carry on the same way, same way. Talking, talking. And, talking and like, you know. No action. And, and, and there's no action. So, like, you know, we can have this conversation 50 years' time. We're still going to be in the same predicament, but in a different form. So um, that, that's my feeling on it. Right. No, well, my friend Paul Elliott is still waiting to get on the FA. And it's ridiculous. You know, what are they waiting for? Why is it always a weight gain when it comes to colour? They've achieved everything and yet they can't get on that board, which is all white. It's a disgrace. For me, you know, it's, it's like my father said, all for nothing. What's important here... Mm is they need to understand where that opportunity's come from. Absolutely, Mike. The you know, people yeah. who walked before them. Yes, yes. Recognise them, place them in the history where they should be placed and honour them, mm. you know. But we're honouring you now because you need to be honoured. The Steens need to be honoured. And and that's something that we're, we're passionate about. And if we're going to have a Black History Month, this is what it's about. This is about this is about bringing. Let's not roll out the same people. Mm-hmm. Let's tell the stories that haven't been told, because you guys were the torchbearers and you created the opportunities that we now see these players yes. have. They don't they don't exist without your Cyril Regis's, without your Brian's, your mm-hmm. Marks, your Eds. It doesn't happen. So and we need to make that connection. Mm-hmm. Very very long time ago. Um, playing at Arsenal, so it must have been 83, 84. Me being 16, playing against Luton. Memorable day for me because 
coming out on the pitch as a young black footballer, that's what I wanted to be. And I think I was in my first or second year apprenticeship and seeing Steve, Mark, Brian Steen, Ricky Hill and Paul Elliott walk onto that pitch. Three black players and for the life of me, I can't remember who else was playing because I had my focus was so much on these three guys like Ricky Hill, another Brent lad. Um, yeah, it was, it was special. Yeah, it was. It was. It was special. It, there's been two. There's only been two times it's been like that for me. You know what I mean? But like, that was special. That was one real special. I first came into real contact with the Steens playing for um, Barnet. So when I signed for Barnet. Edwin Steen was the captain, and that was in '87, I believe. Okay, so you, um, you learned about Peter Chatton, didn't you? Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, but great club, uh, great atmosphere, really good times I had there. Two years, fantastic. Um, very, very, really looked after me in the first instance, and Edwin as well. Um, we lived, we both lived in Wilsden. So, you know, we, he'd, he'd give me lifts for the ground. I think initially I may not have been driving when I signed. Um, and um, he, used to, he used to pick me up and uh, drive me to training and um, take me back. So uh, Edwin, um, got a lot, of, a lot of time for Edwin, a lot of respect for him. And um, uh, yeah, um, you know, he's, he's, he's never short for words. Yeah. Um, but a lovely man, do anything for you. And um, yeah, he was a great captain and, and a very underrated player. The work starts now, right? Because let me tell you now, the most difficult part in professional football is for going from a scholar to a full pro, right? And that is where the hard work starts. And then people start looking at attitude, the technical ability, fitness ability, you know? And do you really, got, have you got this passion? Do you really want it? That's what happens. Believe me. And some of you guys demonstrate great uh, uh, um, sense of, of, of hard work, uh, attitude and application. And at your ages, you must know by now that you only get out of anything in life what you put in, into it. And further down the line, me and Mark were strike partners, which was even better. Stoke City? Stoke City, yep. Um, two seasons. And um, now fantastic, fantastic. What a goal score. Yeah, I mean, well, the, the rumour is he used to bully them, he used to finish them off. Well, yeah, that, 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 that's smart for you. You, you. you knew that uh, nine times out of ten, he would shoot, and um, nine times out of ten, he would score. So you were happy to be that foil for him um, and uh, set him up with goals. Um, and he reminded me of another striker I played with. You gave him the ball anywhere around the box. Don't expect it back. <laughs> yeah. South Africa. Do you get back at all? Yep. We, we've been back. Well, we weren't allowed to go back. Up until 94, 95. Why was that? Because apartheid had just come down. Then. Yeah, yeah. Mandela was released. So obviously we could travel freely. Prior to that, my dad and my mum couldn't go back. Mark went with my mum. In the 90s, 80, early 90s, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80
I would kill the person who touched my mum. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, honestly, here we go again. I was upset. Yeah, really upset. Yeah, yeah. Because after everything, they sacrificed. Yeah. No, everything. Yeah. And there we go. There we go. It just takes you right back. You go. Nothing's changed. Exactly. You go. What's changed? Well, South Africa. I'm thinking. My mother's brother died, mm. and she went to the funeral. They wouldn't let anyone. But they did in the end, didn't they? Wow. That's crazy. It was incredible to strip search her. And Mark was crying. I'm thinking, what is going on? Yeah. Did you go back to where you grew up? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. How's that? that? Fantastic. Because we support the schools and everything, you know. You know, watching South African players Mm. that came after you and your bellies. Yeah. You know, you know, the other people's journeys, your fish, Mark Fish, and mm. did you follow any of the journeys of South African players across mm. Europe? Well, the big link with the Dutch league. I think, you know, when Otis made the point about some of the South African players that that, that came through after your Radabees, mm. yep. like mm. you said, yeah, those players again. Did you look at that with uh, a sense of pride, but yeah, yeah. also, of course. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah definitely. Uh, without a doubt. Also, I think because obviously, like Brian and myself played, and like Eddie was involved yeah, yeah. a lot earlier. It, it, I always didn't like feel an attachment, and that is the key. That's what I'm saying point. because that's the thing the is because it's, right it's, it's. I don't think that there was an association with. When we played, mm-hmm. you know, like to like the new players, yes. because mm-hmm. you know, like it just didn't, because it was a different era, yeah. Yeah. and like it, it, I never felt that it was sort of out there that like we played football. Nelson Mandela was in prison. He was an Arsenal supporter, yeah. but he was, he said, the Steam Boys, yeah, won the cup. Oh, yeah, yeah, when you yeah, in the yeah, league yeah, up. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I right, see, so you yeah. just joined yeah. it being like an Arsenal. Uh, <laughs> and honestly. Oh, it doesn't get any better. Nelson yeah. Mandela. Yeah. yeah. Because, because, Nelson because, because, because his wife used to come to our house every every fortnight to give him information and then come back again in, in two weeks' time and take that information back to, 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 to onto the island. So that was the, the, the way that they communicated. So what are you up to now, mate? Uh, I'm teaching presently. Um, yeah. Enjoying it. Um, what made you step into teaching? Because obviously you've gone, uh, you've been a football manager, and, and you've come out in that respect. You come out of football. You've gone. What What was the thing? What was the? I, I think it, it was because my my, my parents always um, was talking about communities, supporting communities, and um, I think that uh, in schools you can do that. Uh, when I when I left uh, Birmingham in 1996, that's what I wanted to do, which going to also guide them, you know, and and, and influence them, and uh, yeah, just set them on a pass. But again, it was brave because you went back to university, didn't you? Yeah, I did. Yes, yeah, I've got a degree in, in sports science and business. I don't know what about the business. I'm a <laughs> business. Don't even know why I entertain that. I get the business is busyness. Busyness, yeah, exactly. Yeah, but but you know, I, I really enjoyed that. I've, I've been in several schools um, over the last uh, twenty years, 
And uh, but it's coming to an end now. We're, we're getting a bit tired of, that, of all that. I'm 65. So you're ready for the and next one? Yeah. Um, huh? You're ready for the next thing? Yeah. <laughs> whatever that might what, be. Whatever that might be, yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah, that's it. Now, I know, um, obviously, you stayed around football for a while because obviously when I went down uh, to the Ricky Cotter job, you were there working away and you were doing stuff down there. Um, what are you up to now, Rob? Nothing at the moment with the pandemic. Uh, but next year, I'm going to go to America to coach and Africa to coach India and Australia. Fantastic. I'm, uh, we've got a sponsor. I'm going with Mike Newell uh, to Everton Players. And is it like a master workshop or something? Yeah. Someone's sponsoring us. And, oh, that's uh, fantastic. Paying for everything, so. Oh, okay. Really good. Are you looking forward to it? Yeah, I am. Good. All right, that's fantastic. You're holding back a little bit because, I mean, you came up with something which I think is a brilliant idea, retail. Mm. And, um, and, I, and I think that, that that can reach into community. You think so? Particularly, yeah, definitely. We told your story, the Steen story, mm. even if we told it in comic style, yes. the story's been told. If you're getting people engaged in things that they wouldn't normally be get engaged in, it can be the stepping stone that that, mm. that you know people ask really, ask ask for more. So I think that the more touching points we we create, and and the thing is that it's coming from a place of authenticity. And I think that you use the right word engagement because it, you know us personally. And yeah. listen, it's about communication, like I'm saying, but also it comes from a good place. And listen. Positive words, I talked to Lauren and JJ, oh, I just love the fact that they're girls and they're striving to be sports managers and they don't want to be referees and they speak confidently and they can go in, in schools and do that. Yeah. And they've got the confidence now. Yeah. And they smile when they speak. And, you know, right, that's, that's what really oh, so life that's, is for us. Yeah? Keep it going. Yeah. And Mark, we've got some words to do that. Don't you... Um, well, I, I work in a school. I'm, I, I work in education. Um, I work with special education, need kids, um, children. Um, I went back to the university and I've got a degree. I use that, them skills in, in work, my uh, workplace and I really enjoy it. Um, obviously, I, 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 I like the holidays and we do that school. So um, that's, that's one of the major reasons. Um, I, I really enjoy it, but I think, like Edwin said, you know, like if you're giving something back um, to the kids and hopefully help them uh, along their journey, um, and it's really hopefully make school a, a bit more exciting for them, you know, um, and you know, like hope, hopefully they can achieve a lot more. And I know that you and Ed have got an interest in um, also helping people. You know, through counselling and mental and, and mental health, but that's that's something that is a, another direction that you're heading in as well, isn't it? Yeah, um, I've, I've done level two, level three, and, and I really I've really enjoyed it. Yeah, and and I think working with young people, mm -hmm. like you know, especially like in today's climate, and you know, like how mental health really like sort of like burst on the scene to a certain extent over the last 10, 10 years. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, mm -hmm. 
So, you know, it's, it's just really for me, like it's to complement my physiotherapy, sort of like, you know, like work and stuff, um, which I think sort of when I was doing physiotherapy, you do use a bit of counselling skills in order to get players fit and different Absolutely. things, you know. Um, but you don't realise it in them terms. That you're doing it, yeah. That yeah. you're doing it, yeah. So um, when, you're, when you're qualified, it, it gives you a bit more, you know, like power in a sense to, yeah. to yeah. you know, like to, yeah. to sort of like look at different sorts of, you know, clientele in that sense, you know. So um, I really enjoy it and I think that's the most important thing. Okay. Well, listen, gentlemen, um, it's just that for me to say, you know, uh, I'm, I'm glad to be able to call you my friends, but the contribution that you have made to black lives in this country, I mean, your father, you know, he's put a stamp on the world. It, it, it's come through and reflected in his children. I'm sure he's looking at all of you and being very, very proud. Your mother, your mother as well. You're an example to us all. I'm humbled and I thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Mike, you're for the next game. <laughs> <laughs>